You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Power of White podcast with your host, Jeanette Goyazo. Today is a very special episode because I have with me here today a friend and an amazing professional. And we've had so many conversations and so many interactions and opinions, and it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with her. Her name is Christina Resach, and here she is. I'm going to allow you, Christina, to introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Well, thanks. Can I call you Jeannie? Because I know that's what I've been calling you for the past <laughs> couple of years. So You know what? I was going to tell you, I knew you were going to say something like that because I, when I started and I introduced myself into the podcast, I say with your host, Jeanette Collazo. And I remember at the beginning, it started with your host, Dr. Jeanette Collazo. Then it was like, come on, Jeanette, it's not Collazo, it's Collazo. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to say it in Spanish. The next episodes were with your host, Dr. Jeanette Collazo. Then lately has been Jeanette Collazo. At this point, call me Jeannie. Yes, at this point, I think we're friends already right so yes that's my nickname my friends call me genie so of course and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people think that i can do magic because it sounds like i'm a genius like a genie and you know you i can grant wishes so it all fits so christina tell me yes you can call me genie go ahead well i guess and i have been friends for a couple of years now and i we're both obsessed with research and learning the truth and process improvement. And every time I, I talk to her, we see line of everything we, we speak about, we we agree most of the time. So, and we when we're not, we always have a good reason to kind yes. of debate ideas. So that's, uh, I really, I really like that she, I guess, used the power of why as the theme for, for her podcast, because I guess that's what we're obsessed with, right? Yes, learning, learning. Yeah, learning why things work that way. And I think that's something that you have to develop from early on in your career or as soon as, you know, kindergarten. And that's something that you develop really earlier. So, and uh, well, in terms of what I do, I've been in the medical pharmaceutical field for, I guess, all my life, always been intrigued by science because of the whys, right? And I studied biomedical science. I've I study also OR tech. So I've been there with patients in the OR in Puerto Rico in a veteran affairs hospital and my career developed into trying to get into medical and, and the medical and medicine, sorry, studying medicine to being a sales rep. And early on in my career, when I studied biomedical science, that's what I wanted to do. Initially, I wanted to be an engineer and I figured out that I was terrible with design. So I loved the science part. I wanted to study chemical engineering and then I'm like, no, this is not for me. I changed to being an OR tech. I love the medical side of thing. And I said, okay, I'll study biomedical science. So when I ended up finishing, it was like, eh, I did the MCAT. And I was like, why are they asking me about particles in space when I'm trying to, you know, treat patients? Yeah. And I'm sorry that I'm going to interrupt you right here because you have said so many things that we can discuss. But one of the, the things, and, and the other day I was thinking about this because of my daughter, because my daughter went to med school and at some point she discovered something that was not in line with what she wanted to do. And it all comes from the whys. And I remember now that you mentioned, why do I have to learn about space particles if what, I'm going to be doing this? It, the same happened to me at some point And I had a an argument with a professor because 
it was in the history of Puerto Rico class, and they were teaching us, you know, these Taino words and language. And I remember, I do understand that has to do with culture and all of that. But in my mind, it was like, I'm not gonna be talking to any one of these guys anymore. Why do I have, why does my grade has to do with me being able to communicate with, I don't know, with the chief and to know about la semi, what, 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 you know, that does that really is going to predict my success. But on the other hand, I do understand about the culture of it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's again, we are, we think very alike. You ask the same questions. Why do I have to learn this? And when you had that discovery, what did you think your next step was going to be? I think a lot of people aren't well informed of what the opportunities are there in the marketplace in I mean, for me, science might be other different career paths. And I remember I'm like, what the hell am I going to do now? I don't know what to do with my biomedical degree. And you know this, that in Puerto Rico, you say I study chemistry, I study biology. What do they say, Jeannie? Oh, you man, you have to be a teacher. Yeah. That's either, what they say. Either that or you have to go into a lab doing the technical bench lab work, which is great for people that want to do that, but it's more into being a microbiologist or an analyst, mm -hmm. a chemical analyst. But yes, does, that will be your only options. Either you go to teach yep. or you go into a lab just mm -hmm. doing basic te testing. So, so I remember at that time, I had two close friends that went and worked for a pharma pharmaceutical company in Puerto Rico. One of them was doing a research in the microbiology side. And the other one studied chemistry and she was working night shifts in the manufacturing side of the same company. And I started thinking, I'm like, I can't do third shifts. My brain yeah. doesn't work at that time. And that's me. I'm a morning person. I will not be able to, you know, work at that time. And I was like, what do I do now? I work in pathology labs. I have a good background. So it was funny how this happened. One of my, my grandma's neighbor knew someone from a pharmaceutical company that has been in sales for a long time. And knowing him for more than 20 years, I didn't know that he was a manager in the sales team. And she mentioned that I was kind of confused of where to go. And he reached out to me. I had a chat with him. It's like, hey, I have an opening on my team. Why don't you just interview And that's how I ended up in with my career in pharmaceutical sales, because I'm a people's person. I love talking to people. I love the technical side and the science side. And it was just took someone to tell me this is this is a path for you, besides just thinking that I was going to be in the lab. And so, that's how I, my career started. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you mentioned, and again, this goes to show how we evolve in our career. You know, I started with training and I ended up in human reliability. You know, it's, it's not a direct path. It's something that you start to develop. And that's, and you mentioned something very interesting also. And this goes to everybody that has kids that are going to college. You know, you have to start talking about the options of jobs, not only the alternatives for disciplines. To go to school because you know one discipline can lead you to the other i didn't know about organizational psychology until i wanted to be a clinical psychology and a psychologist and once i was there i discovered that that existed and it shouldn't be like that and then i didn't even know what what could be you know the the job because most people in my discipline work with organizational development all of that so i totally i, I can i can empathize with what you're saying because 
this will lead me to to now going into a very interesting things about what you do because you mentioned there were so different markets within this industry and then I went through sales I went through these other areas but now you're in recruitment so talk talk to <laughs> talk to us about recruitment because it's all aligned all yeah. is aligned So, so to give a little bit of context, first of all, if you ask any recruiter, how do they land into recruiting? Everybody has a different story. <laughs> like nobody, nobody goes to school and say, I want to be a recruiter. That doesn't happen. So it's very interesting that I, I actually never thought about recruiting until a, a firm approached me about a specific niche, right? I, I love science, so I wouldn't recruit for anything else that doesn't align with what I like. So this firm was very specific to startup, medium-sized, small to medium-sized companies in the med tech area. So anything that's a new product development of an innovation on, on the medical device side, that's where they were doing, which immediately sparked my interest because, you know, I'm a, I'm a geek and I love technology and I know I love having all the gadgets and the new stuff. So that's kind of why I, I, I kind of, accepted to to do something else because my my whole career has been in farm and sales i did my mba after being in pharmaceutical sales for a for a while because i wanted to know more about the corporate lifestyle and how 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 decisions were made in a leadership perspective and and that's why i got my mba so Now I'm more, I'm recruiting in the biotech and medtech space. I recently joined another company and, and we essentially work hand in hand with startup companies to, to bring talent and to identify, I guess, the key pillars and the key hmm. people to develop this new technology. So very interesting. Very interesting. So that's interesting because you were talking about like the the factors or character in, in the recruiting aspect, you need to know certain characteristics of candidates and you have certain criteria. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because it's it's an interesting recruiting. It's not just recruitment like a headhunter that has, you know, all of these different areas. This is specifically to an area because of the type of expertise. So we're talking about the recruitment of the recruiting process. <laughs> It's kind of a, a, a secondary or more specialized type of recruiting. So I was wondering, what is it that's needed? What are those things that, you know, organizations are looking for right now in terms of what it takes to be in those positions? So yeah, so obviously every every role has requirements that they're looking for, skill sets that they're looking for. When you talk to the majority of companies right now, they are really, really focused on cultural fit and and soft skills, which can be, I guess, difficult, right? Because you have some geniuses that maybe they're not great with communication. I've talked to a lot of engineers that have tons of patents, super smart people, and their communication skills aren't great. But yeah, they're yeah. they're awesome at what they do. So I think it's a very thin line about how do you exclude someone based on their personality 
So it's really interesting. It's just very difficult. I don't think you can exclude somebody due to their personality. Again, personality has a, an impact, of course, in our behaviors. Now, if your behaviors do not match mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. with what we are expected to do, well, that's another story. And I'm going to tell you, I've had, I remember when recruiting people for doing investigations for human, one of the things that I always said is that, I, that we needed people that were extroverted, right? That we wanted people to be like me, that I want Um, you know, know everything and why, 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 and, and to the point of exhaustion. And for that, you can't have a lot of introverted people that, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable asking a lot of questions. But soon I learned that it doesn't have to do anything with that. It has to do with the skill of trying to find the truth. And yes, a lot of introverts were very good for it. Another ex extroverts were not. So it was, it was that type of maybe, maybe I had the right idea, but wrongly applied at the end of the day what we're looking for is people that can and feel comfortable doing asking questions when maybe you have to you know be a little bit more aggressive in your quest for answers because I cannot yeah. just take you know I don't know well I need you to find out at what time do you have a document mm -hmm. do, do you have this do you have that it's it's that type of and that can be learned of course yeah so it is very difficult to think about excluding people due to mm -hmm. things like that and that's why even though you do have all these technical elements and this scientific background, you do have to still look for, for yeah. people that not only know, but that they only know what to do with what they know. And that's mm -hmm. the difference between knowing yeah. a lot and being smart. Yeah. And there's another thing that they look a lot, look for a lot is the, the ability of multitasking and wearing multiple hats. Remember, I, I'm recruiting for the most part for companies that are you know underfunded because they're startup so they need mm -hmm. someone that can well wear multiple hats that they're okay with innovating you know getting with creating and creative and problem sol solving solutions on their own and in a lot of the companies it's funny because you will think that they will get those skills sometimes in big companies mm -hmm. big companies have a lot of resources so you will be used to having everything in front of you and a big team And now if you go to a startup environment, you have to change that perspective and that you're not going to have limited resources. You have limited people in your team. So you have to, you know, work, like I said, wear multiple hats and innovate to, to get to those solutions. Okay. But when you, when you say that they, okay. So what, uh, what I'm hearing is multitasking. But not in a multitasking definition. And I'm going to go this Correct. in a minute. You, what you're saying is that people need to be able to juggle different things and that these skills don't come natural to people. I mean, not, not to everybody. And that candidates that you have that come from big companies don't have these skills yet. Sometimes they're, yes. Sometimes they're not used to a fast-paced environment. Where, where oh, they I have get to get, they have more ownership of different tasks and, and have to perform in a kind of high pressure situation because you, you know, you're now you're working with funding, you're working with venture capital, you're working on a constraint and a goal base because somebody gets not, uh, you know, wants their money back. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, have this to is perform. A business. Mm -hmm. And you have to perform rather than, you know, you might be in a team where there's like, 
12 quality people, 12 quality engineers. And if you're not there, then somebody else is going to pick up on your things. You now think, you might you be think. the only one. But, you know, but now- a, a lot of the things that we're talking here is theory, maybe a little bit, but you know, you'd think that you have that, but go on, I digress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of, of course. But now you're, you might be the only quality engineer in the whole team for the whole company. And you're working with 30 people or for the whole company, not, not 12 in your team. So, so yeah. those startups be, are, yeah. those startups are very challenging because of that. And, and then it becomes a, con a continuous challenge when you start growing because then you have mm -hmm. only one expert that I need mm -hmm. to transfer the skill to the new, the next two. And then those yeah. two need to expand. So it is fascinating because you get the first experts, but then you have to basically clone those people. And mm -hmm. that's also part of, of the, the skills and the things that you might have to capture from these candidates. It's a mm -hmm. lot of things together, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a balance, I think, for them between getting experts in versus getting more entry level because of the funding situation. So they have to have like this balance between, okay, who has the skill sets that can grow into mm -hmm. something else? And some people are scared of startups, but I think it's really interesting and challenging and you can grow with them and actually be take ownership of yes. the development mm -hmm. or something new. Exactly. And not a lot of people have that ability. I, I think that. there is a lack of understanding mm -hmm. of what a startup is. What what mm -hmm. can you tell us what, you know, in, in a very simple definition, what are we talking about when we're talking about startups? Well, it just depends because I have a lot of different stages. But initially, usually for medical devices, you have usually a doctor or an engineer that comes with this idea. And then they start building smaller teams, maybe two or three people, getting some concepts together, maybe doing a prototype, a early prototype. And then after that, they they start, you know, getting interest from from, you know, people that are looking to invest. And there's tons of of those type of companies of maybe angel investors, maybe they start raising capital within their family and friends. That's very, very common. They get some angel investors, then they continue to grow, make a product that's kind of more, I guess, substantial, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's nobody's viable. Gonna invest. Yes, viable. That's the word. It's not, it's not something that it's just, you know, let's see what happens. It's more tangible for investors. So of course, there's different stages. And if you have seen Shark Tank. <laughs> yes, I get it. it. It's, it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that. You know, they're not going to invest in something that okay. is going to be high risk. I, I let me tell you something, and this is where where our this is where and everybody that's that's listening, this is where our conversations become very deep. Okay, here's the problem. I watched Shark Tank, right? But I feel so bad, so bad for people that number one they get rejected, or number two, it's like what are they talking about? So these are the it's a gamble. It's a gamble when you're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, startups still had to do something tangible. So that mm -hmm. these investors see the value in expanding, not mm -hmm. inventing. And that's what I'm understanding that we're talking about startups. You know, the invention yeah. is already there. You already has demonstrated that there is something that it's viable, mm -hmm. really viable. And then the startup process, you know, you yeah. Know, I so, mean, in the in the meaning in the commerce starts, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the beginning, so it could be anything, any type yeah. of, of of product. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But t- going back to Shark Tank that you, say, that you say that you feel sorry for some people, I think you have to take ownership of what you're doing and when are you doing it? Because some people go there asking for things that are completely out of whack. Okay. So as soon as they say the valuation, they say they're not going to get a deal because they're not asking for the right thing at the right time and investors are not going to buy it. And that's the same thing for a startup. You know, you have to you have to convince and come in with real data. And this is something I learned in my MBA. I had an operations teacher and I love I love what he said. He said, you know, if you're if you're debating without data, you're whining. Exactly. You're not you're, because you have to come with tangibles and with with data that's convincing because it's, if not, you're just talking, <laughs> you're, you're not giving them anything. And it's the same for startups. When you're going to fundraise, you have to have something, you know, tangible for them to say, you know what, I'm going to risk. I'm going to take the risk and I'm going and, and, and this goes a lot with leadership. Who is the leader of this company? What you know, there's a lot of things that go into the startup world. And for the most part, you need like it's really interesting. People will think that the big corporations are the ones doing the innovation. And that's what I thought oh, uh, for a long time. You know and what? That's not. Yeah, you know what? I was gonna talk to you about because we have been talking about you know, what it takes to be a candidate, to be, uh, you know, part of, you know, what Christina does, which is recruiting for biotech and, and for medtech type of company. So we wanted to know what is it, you know, that it, what fits from personality for other things. And it's very interesting because I couldn't help but think about millennials. Now, here's the thing. Today, we're out of time, but we are going to continue with this discussion because we're going to take it exactly from there. We're going to take it from that statement in which if you don't have data, you're whining. And all of that came to my brain and I saw millennials. I saw all of these things like, oh my God, this is like a, you know, this is another episode. So let's do something. Let's promise this another episode and we can talk about that. Christina, thank you so much for being part of today's episode. Can you tell everybody how to find you and, and where to reach you? Yeah, sure. So on LinkedIn, you know, you, you can you can find me under Christina Rexash without the H, very important, the Latino version, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. Also Workforce Genetics, Christina at Workforce Genetics. You can send me an email there. And uh, yeah, I am really active on LinkedIn. So if you if you send me a, a connection request or a direct message, I'll, I'll sure respond. Absolutely. And also to, for everybody that's listening, the, all these links are going to be, be, you know, below the episode in the description. Okay. So thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, everybody that has been listening. I hope you enjoy our episode and we promise to have her back. She has been amazing. So for now, we are done. Take it away. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.